This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my delightful co-host, Brie Tucker. Hello, hello, buddy. How are you? I had to go high with that one. Brie Tucker. Oh, the vocal stylings you get of us every day who are totally trained singers who have had years of experience (laughs) pretending to be vocal virtuosos. Singing in the shower, in the car. All we can that. do this with our yelling too. Oh my gosh. Get out of here. I am very <laughs> I am very good at raising my voice. That is probably a skill, I would say. Anybody <gasps> in my family would tell you Bree has got a very good inside outside voice. <laughs> Well, if you struggle with yelling, you're going to want to stick around for this episode because we're talking about why you can't just stop yelling. You can't just make that a goal for yourself to stop yelling because there's a specific reason behind your emotional outbursts. And that's what we're digging into and what you can do instead to make that change to stop yelling. So let's get on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. In our balance program, we talk to a lot of moms and a lot of moms come in and they say they want to make this change to stop yelling at their kids. And we make goals in our balance program. And so this is one of the goals that we hear the most often. And stop yelling 
is not a good goal. No, it's not a. Good it's goal. awful because you. It's because you should keep yelling all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, and then you feel like a failure because you can't stop yelling. And you make your goal, you're like, I will not yell when my kids do such and such. And then they do such and such. And you're like, what the hell? I did it! Or even better, they don't do such and such. They do something completely different. And you still lose mm-hmm. your, your stuff. And you yell. Yeah. And like you said, then it comes back to, well, I'm a bad person because good moms don't yell. Good parents don't yell, right? And why can't I be more gentle like so-and-so, your favorite parenting influencer you follow or your best friend or your sister or your mom. I don't know. You constantly then start comparing that it's a personal default within you that you Mm -hmm. can't control the yelling. And that's not true. It's not true at all. And even comparing yourself to others, like the parenting influencers, sometimes when you get advice from people and we feel here at No Guilt Mom, we're very transparent with you about what we do. We make mistakes all the time, yep. all the time. I'm not so much of a yeller, but I am a snide comment maker. And I do say some pretty harsh things that I then have to apologize for. A lot of passive aggressiveness comes through me that I have to apologize for. But Brie, on the other hand, is a yeller. Her kids will tell you she's a yeller. And I do. And so let me kind of just back up slightly what we're saying. We're not saying that you can't not, that if you're a yeller, you're going to stuck being a yeller and it's going to be like, hey, I'm a yeller. That's just what I am going forward. There are things that you can do. But what we're saying is if you tend to have that moment where you just boil over, you raise your voice, you yell. It's There are things you can do to fix it. You didn't just break your child. You didn't yeah. just become the Incredible Hulk or Frankenstein or some other kind of monster. You're oh, it, It's okay. There are things that you can do. There are things you can do to recover from it. And there are things you can do to help decrease the amount of times that you yell. And I'll say that's what I have become over the years. I do not lose my cool nearly as much as I used to because of the things we're going to share and talk about. I would say not yelling is not the change that you need to make. It's actually the result of other changes you need to make. Yes, that is very well put. It's It's the side effect of other changes that you need to make, but it can't be controlled directly because we are basically held hostage by our nervous system. It's not in our brain's total control. It's our nervous system's control. It's how sensory stuff affects us, how loud noises affects us, how stress affects us, how overburdened by the mental load we are. That really affects our patients and results in yelling, right? A lot of the time. And we give ourselves shame for yelling, but really there are so many other factors in play. Dr. Mona Bellahook, the author of Brain Body Parenting, and she's been on the podcast as well, talks about our body budget and how we have a specific number of things that we can handle at one time. And when our body budget goes over budget, that's when we have the big reactions. That's when we start yelling. That's where we mm-hmm. get really impatient yeah. with people. I'm a very impatient person when I get over my body budget. That's what happens. And there are things that we can do. So we're going to help share what you can do to help curb that yelling, not stop it cold turkey, because that's a hard goal to have, but mm-hmm. how to curb it 
And then also what you can do when you're having those big reactions, how you can also then start to curb those as well. So yeah, we have four things that you can work on, four things. So if you're not driving, take out your notes. (laughs) Start taking notes. If you are driving, keep your eyes on the road because we will have this in a transcript or show notes for you. Well, or just listen to us again. Keep listening to us. We got good stuff here. We got good stuff. Keep listening. We got good stuff. So the first one, first thing you can do, it's really not the yelling. Remember, we told you yelling is a symptom of something else. So to find what it is a symptom of, you need to reflect, reflect, reflect. Think of yourself (laughs) as a mirror, as a beautiful crystal clear lake. And the best way to do this is to think about what happened before the yelling. The best example I had was when I was in therapy after having my first child and my therapist taught me something about circle thinking where you go back and you examine your thoughts before you started either being really down on yourself, which was my symptom. I would be really hard on myself, really self-critical. And you look through the process. So the first thing is, okay, let's look at when you went from contained and calm to yelling. When we identify that moment, we need to think, well, what happened? What happened right before that moment? What was my trigger? And maybe it was something like, oh, my, I I can use this story actually with my daughter. My 14-year-old daughter was in my room at 9.45 and saying, no, mom, don't make me go to bed. Don't you love me? This is what 14-year-olds do. (laughs) And it was that thing that she said that then triggered an emotion, a thought within me. And the thought within me was like, oh my gosh, here is my teenager on my bed wanting to spend time with me. If I don't take advantage of this right now, she's not gonna be here forever. And I'm gonna lose this time with her. And those are the thoughts. I call it the grateful bug. It comes in, it makes you feel like crap for not feeling grateful about every second of every day. Sorry. That's just my little thing. Exactly. No, <laughs> it's not. It's, you better say you're sorry. I know. Right? I know. We'll do a whole episode on how to stop saying sorry. <laughs> and I'll take my own notes on that one. <laughs> me and our friend Shana got on Brie because Brie apologizes for everything. And we're like, instead of saying don't apologize, we're like, you better say you're sorry. No. I'm the kind of person that'll be like, it's, it's raining outside. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you better. It's your fault. It's raining. It's your fault. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. Okay. So the grateful bug. Anyways, gotcha. So then I look at, okay, well, what feeling did that trigger in me? And it triggered sadness. It triggered guilt. It triggered shame that I'm a horrible mother. Once you have those identified, you can go back and ask yourself, okay, well, what could I tell myself instead that would be more helpful? When I said, you know, no, you need to go to bed. And instead I could tell myself, hey, I am showing my daughter how I am setting a clear boundary about protecting my body budget because I know I need the sleep. Mm -hmm. I also know that I am touched out right now and I cannot be touched anymore else I'm going to lose it. Yeah. And how does that make me feel? Well, that makes me feel really strong and empowered when I think about it that way, that I am setting a boundary. Yeah. And this circle thinking is something that I couldn't control in the moment. I had to go back after a situation happened. So maybe it was after I didn't set the boundary and I just broke down crying and I was just snappy Mm. and making those movements and getting really mad. Yeah. 
I would have to go back and go through this process and be like, okay. But after going through that process enough times, after doing the reflecting, I am able to now catch myself in the moment when that situation happens. I can identify that feeling and I can immediately switch course before I do anything that I have to apologize for. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. It's it's all about that ability to reflect on what's happening, what has happened. That is a huge factor there. So it's huge, but know that you can't do that in the moment right away. Yeah. You really practice. have to practice going backwards first and then your brain gets trained to do it. That's the first one. Reflect. All right. So what about number two? When you reflect, what do you do now? You need to take some inventory too. Am I upset about something else? And something that we love to remind people of is halt. Yes. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And if you're any one of those, it's about time to advocate to make sure that you get what you need. And a big thing with that is because halt is something that everybody deals with these because these are your basic human needs, your basic needs. And if any of them are out of whack, it can totally address everything else with you. And I cannot stress this enough. You cannot identify this in the moment right away. You just can't do it. Your amygdala, that portion of your brain that is the fight or flight response, it is so charged and trained right now that it is impossible to stop before you yell. If your immediate reaction is yelling or reacting in a big way, it is impossible. You can't do it. You can look afterwards when you've calmed down and reflect, but when you reflect, just notice, was I hungry? Was I angry? Was I lonely? Was I tired? And the more you're able to take note of that, you're like retraining and creating new neural pathways in your brain so that eventually in the moment, you'll be able to be like, oh, wait, I'm hungry right now. Stop right there. I need to get some food. and." probably shouldn't talk to me for a little bit. And you know what? The truth is we know it's pretty common. I mean, Snickers had an entire ad campaign for years about what happens when you're hungry. (laughs) Oh yeah. And the cool thing is that once you know that this is a trigger for you, you're able to stop and make sure you get what you need before you get to that point. I mean, just when we were going on a trip, the three of us a month ago, I remember we were in the hotel room and I'm like, okay, we got to go guys. We got to go get the food. We got to get the food right now. And that's because I knew that when my hunger gets out of control, everything, the entire world starts melting down for me. That is when I start thinking that people are not liking me or that I'm a horrible person or that, and it's all hunger related. Once I get food, I'm fine. I'm fine. But knowing that about yourself is really helpful. So you can prevent those things from happening. It's a huge thing. Yeah, it's a huge thing. So we have the two things that have happened so far. Again, reflect. And when you have reflected, you need to take your inventory. We have two more tips that we're going to be sharing with you on what you can do to help reduce those big reactions. Hey, all, it is Joanne. And Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. 
We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Okay, so the next two tips that we have for you are pretty good ones. They're ones that I deal with on a pretty regular basis. The first one is when you're feeling calm, try making some scripts for yourself on what to use when you're upset. Because I don't know about the rest of you, but when I'm really stressed out, things do not come naturally to me. I tend to be really worked up and I have a hard time figuring out what those steps are, what I should have done, what I, what I could have done, what I could have said. It's that whole shoulda, woulda, coulda monster comes in. Does that happen to you, Joanne? Taylor Swift song. I know, right? The shoulda, woulda, coulda. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all the time. Yeah. So like, and you don't know what to say and you stammer over your words mm-hmm. and it helps to have a script that you can rely on. Yep. And say, and comes out. So we actually have a few scripts that we use here at No Guilt Mom. We share them in a lot of different stuff that we do. Our Common Happy Parenting Program, we share them in balance, but they help in so many different situations. So the first one is the I statements. We talk about this too in so many things, don't we? Other people cannot make you feel a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. We have to take control for our own emotions, take ownership of that. But then we can also acknowledge the factors that impacted those emotions. So Mm -hmm. the I statements would be something like, I feel frustrated when you will not leave my bedroom after I've asked you to and it's bedtime. (laughs) Yes. Coming back, right? Coming back to an example that that we've had before. So telling people that I statement is really the basis of a strong relationship because it's good for other people to know, number one, how they come across and what they're starting kind of in you and how you perceive it because everybody's different what they perceive. We all have different histories. We all have different things that have happened to us in the past. So when somebody that you care about knows that, they can be a lot more thoughtful about their communication with you in the future. Yeah. And no, that's the effect. Because it also came in a healthy way. 
You yes. weren't picking on them personally, which sometimes that, well, not sometimes, I think for many of us, it's hard when someone makes it sound like it's all 100% us. So first there's the I statement that we just did. Another great one is the when then. That's something that Joanne, I mean, you share that a lot with our balance team or our balance members. And I feel like it is something that has to be used a lot because so many times we'll be like, oh, well, my kids, they always say that they're going to do their chores before they start watching YouTube or whatever. I don't know, but they never do. They never do. So I have to nag them. And we're like, oh, but wait, yeah. that, death down, that does not need to do that. <laughs> No, Wendland's a great way to set your boundaries and your personal expectations because you really, you are giving up your power when you say that your kids don't do that. You actually have a lot of power in that situation because you could say something like, when you finish your chores, then you can go watch YouTube. And it's just the order that you do things. We all have an order we do things. So when then is a great script to use. Yeah, because you just said it also gives them back the power too. It's not you guys trying to have this arm wrestle for who's going to be on top. It really does give your kid the power to be able... And think about it. You do it when they're little. How many of Mm -hmm. us, when our kids were really little, like toddlers, were like, do you want the red cup or the blue cup? Do you want this game or that game? Do you want this book or that book? We give them those choices to help them have more power and autonomy and things. And saying, when you do X, Y, Z, then we can X, Y, Z. That really does go back and give everybody that teamwork. And it's simple. It doesn't use a lot of words. No. Because as adults, we tend to over-explain... And when then is a very simple thing to say. And that's when yeah. that emotion level just goes higher and higher because it, it gets frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that you do something that kind of slows your thinking down too. I've noticed this a lot. You like start saying something and you're like, what I hear you saying is, <laughs> and then you repeat it. <laughs> that is another huge one right there for sure. It, it's happening to go back and say it again. Okay. I'm hearing this because here, sometimes that Bob is telling us random crap that is not being said. <laughs> Yeah, that can be a tough one. And then this is my favorite one. It works really great with my youngest because my youngest, she's 15 now and she is an arguer. I keep telling her that if you do not go into some kind of litigation in life, you are missing out on a natural talent of yours Uh, because she is the kind of person that would just keep going and going a lot of times because actually, I'm not sure what her motivation is for doing it. I would assume it's because she thinks she's uh, going to win. Or not win. I hate saying that. But she thinks that that's going to be an effective method for her. And then mm-hmm. her emotions go up. Then my emotions go up. Then my volume goes up. Her volume goes up. And we just end up yelling. Both of us do. And neither of us like that situation. So this is one I use a lot. I take a deep breath and I go, I love you and no. And that mm-hmm. is what I tend to say a lot when they keep trying to push that boundary. I've already said whatever the boundary is and they're having a hard time accepting it. I just keep saying it at an even, because for me, it's a short phrase and I can say it at an even level, even if I feel my blood pressure going so high and inside, I want to scream, I want to yell. I can manage to pull out the, I love you and no. I just Mm -hmm. shake my head. I love you and no. As I've said, I love you and no. And it's a great script. Yeah. It's a great one that I can pull out pretty easily. And I use it a lot when I hear myself starting to frustrate. And at this point, I've been using it probably for a couple of years now. And my daughter will normally back off because she knows at that point that it's done. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that we'll never discuss the situation again, but we're done in that moment because I'm getting to yes. a point where I am getting unregulated and I'm going to start yelling. And I don't like yelling and she doesn't like it when I yell. But if yelling happens, it's okay in the long run. Because that brings us to our fourth tip. Yes. Mm -hmm. You can yell and you can repair afterwards. 
because it happens. Nobody's perfect. You don't expect perfection out of your kids, right? No, it happens. It totally happens. And by repairing, repairing is another way for you to say apologizing, but it may not be apologizing. It may be something else that you need to do. And it's all based on the other person. So like when I say something passive aggressive, usually that is how I operate. I, when I go into repair, I will usually it's to my daughter because she gets me to that point. And I'll say, Hey, you know, I said this and I am so sorry. I didn't mean for that to come out. I didn't want to say it that way. And I apologize. And then she'll tell me some other things about how it made her feel and how wrong I am. And I just have to stick with it. And I'm like, yep, I am so sorry. I wish I didn't say that. And I'm going to try to do better. And that's all I can do. Yeah. Because I, I think what you're doing in that situation is you're acknowledging your part. And, and a lot of times too, when we're upset, we just want somebody to acknowledge a part that they had in it in some cases. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. And, and again, right now we're modeling that for our kids, what a healthy conversation sounds like. It's where you're, you admit that, okay, I had a part in it. And a lot of times you feel remorse for it, right? I'm sorry that I, I had that part. It was never my intention to have us yell or to have anybody be upset or feel hurt. So I, so that's where you can bring in that whole I feel statement again. I feel blank when you blank. I felt blank when you blank. I have to say this, and I imagine, Joanne, you're the same. I would say at least half, if not more, of our quote unquote, arguments in our household between our family members is because of a misunderstanding. Oh, yeah. I felt like when you said such and such, you were trying to imply such and such. Or when you said such and such, I felt like such and such. 
And a lot of times they're like, oh, wait, that is totally not what I meant at all. And just correcting that little thing to be like, oh, thank you so much for telling me that because that is not my intention whatsoever. Yeah. I did not want to do that. And on those other occasions where it's not that, it's I felt hurt when you said that my outfit looked ugly. Okay. I probably shouldn't have used those words. Ugly isn't probably the best word. What I meant was it clashed. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> but what I mean is... It wasn't yeah. my personal style. We get into that a lot with my daughter. <laughs> we were just talking about Instagram the other day. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I put the shark reel up. Maybe you could use a shark reel for Taylor Swift, your Taylor Swift account. And immediately out of her mouth. Oh, that's for old people. Ah! <laughs> I would have been like that gift of the woman that's getting ready to strangle a kid. Ah! <laughs> and uh, immediately I go, excuse me? She's, I didn't mean it that way. I just meant people my age don't do it. I'm like, okay. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> when I've already had that discussion with her about the old people comments, she makes a lot of them. We've talked about how it affects me before. So I'm able just to look at her now and she's all oh, right. Yeah. Right. But when you go and repair it, they learn those things and you don't have to keep repeating it over and over because they'll be like, my bad. Yep. <laughs> Yep. And we have a whole nother episode on this even way back at the very beginning of No Guilt Mom. We have episode 30 Mm -hmm. is what to do after yelling at your child. We have an entire episode of helping you repair after yelling because it happens, people. You are not a bad person because you lost your cool. I would probably say the Hulk becoming the Hulk isn't the problem. It's when he tears up the city out of his anger and (laughs) rips things up. That's when it's a problem. We all tend to to get upset and get frustrated, but we can repair through it. What was it recently with the heat wave over the summer? There was that picture going around the meme of, I'm sorry for what I said when it was 110 degrees outside. Yeah. Sometimes that's where it comes down to just, I'm sorry what I said when I was hungry. I'm sorry what I said whatever it is. There's a lot of things to work on becoming better aware of. So know that this process really takes time and give yourself a lot of self-compassion and a lot of love when you take the time to do it. And the number one place to start is just start reflecting and start knowing when you reflect, you are able to identify what triggers you and work on those triggers and acknowledge them. And then they become conscious. When they become conscious, that is when you could take the steps to stop yelling and you'll find it's actually effective that way. Yes. So make sure you reflect, 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 reflect. That is where you start. And if you want some company on this whole journey, come and join us in Balance. What are you waiting for? Balance is this amazing, amazing place where not only you have the support, but you get me and Brie as coaches, you get all of our challenges and it is just a wonderful growing place to be. And I would say that so many of the moms in our group are working on this. We're all working on trying to be a little bit less reactive. Exactly. Yeah. But take our amygdalas down a notch. Yes, for Uh, sure. And we hope we're seeing you in our Mom Ignited Summit this week. It's going on right now. If you're not in it, momignited.com. Go there. Come join us. Yeah. Come join us in all the fun. It's amazing. So hoping to see you guys there. Remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by.
I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.